Ajanti. And I'm Marcus Ajanti. And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today we're going to be talking about airports, um, <laughs> which is kind of a, a general idea, but we'll talk about more specifics. Um, I wanted to ask for you, Marcus, do you mm. like being in airports? I know that's a very kind of an odd question. So I don't mind being in them so long as I've got through all the checks and everything like that. Once mm-hmm. once those checks are done, that's the hectic bit. That's the bit I don't really like because it's a bit it's a bit nerve wracking is the wrong word, but it's it's a little bit intrusive, I suppose, in a way. And so that's the bit I don't like. But then the rest of the time, it's not too bad. So long as you've got like plenty of time and things like that, especially if you've got time between flights, it's always nice to have a good sort of like sit down somewhere outside of an aircraft. Yeah, because you'll be on that plane for a really long time. Absolutely oh, yeah. enjoy the time that you're not on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose it also depends on the airport. There are some airports that I don't like. Heathrow's too hectic. Mm-hmm. That's the one in London, the big one in London. But I've been through quite a few i mean like i've been through kansai airport i've been through helsinki airport um one in thailand i've been through the airport in amsterdam um i've been through a few others i mean those ones are nicer they seem like nicer places than heathrow but a lot of the other airports in the uk i mean like i've been through leeds airport but that's small it's not really that exciting it's not particularly interesting it only serves sort of short distance flights generally speaking whereas manchester's quite an all right airport actually is it that a bigger nice. one heathrow just feels it is bigger. It does more international flights and does get get people taken further. Um, that's that's an all right airport. I mean Heathrow. No, it's just it's just big and unpleasant and just not that nice. I, I don't think, think that's kind Heathrow. of. I think that's kind of the experience with any of the very very large airports like mm. JFK, LaGuardia. Um, mm-hmm. I know the Houston airport. A lot of people are not crazy about. Uh, <laughs> even like um, in France. Whenever we would fly out of the international airport, there was always like the worst. Chaldegot is like, oh my god, I hate that airport so much. Because <laughs> the thing is, with the bigger airports, a lot of the times they started off with a very specific idea in mind, and then as mm. plane travel became bigger, they start adding on more elements. But yeah. it feels very haphazard. So yeah. those really big airports, they feel very confusing. And there's a reason. It's because they just kept adding things to it without yeah. necessarily considering or or keeping in mind what was previously there and what might happen, mm. what might change over time. And so it feels just like a lot of stuff just got thrown together. And that is basically what happened. Yeah, that does make a kind of sense, though, doesn't it? I mean... If you don't plan something, it's probably going to go wrong at some point, isn't it? Yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually don't mind airports. Um, Mm. I think the only thing that I don't like, because it always makes me nervous, is going through security. Because there's a part of me that's always like, what if I have something? I don't have anything. (laughs) I packed my own bags. I know what I have. But there's like a weird part of my brain that's like, what if there's something and they'll pull me aside and I'll have to go to jail? Like, there's no yeah. reason for me to fear like that. But I, it really is something that every time I go through airport security, it scares the hell mm. out of me. Yeah, it gets me too. I mean, it's people have talked about this sort of stuff. Like when you come across sort of authority figures or people who are supposed to be in charge of that sort of thing, you always feel like 
you need to confess to things that you haven't done or anything yes. like that. It's like, oh, it's like, oh God, I must have done something wrong if this is going this way. <laughs> it's a weird experience, isn't it? I think partly because it is intrusive in a way. It's like people are checking up on you and that sort of thing, which makes sense because obviously if something goes wrong, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But it is quite... Um, it's uncomfortable in a way. Yeah, it's it's I mean, quite invasive, especially in the States. Yeah. Like, mm. going through airport security in the U.S. is very different than going through airport security in other countries. Um, is it? it really does depend on the country, how much mm. security they put into it. And I know right now with COVID, there's a whole other added layer. Mm. Um, but... When, before COVID, I know that here in the States, it was you take your shoes off, you take your belts off. If you have mm-hmm. certain jewelry, you have to take that off. You can't have any change in yep. your pockets. If you have electronics yep. in your bag, you got to take those out. They have to be in mm-hmm. a separate tray. Like one person um, could probably take up like five of those little bins yeah. just with your stuff. That's not even including your suitcase. Um, no, yes. <laughs> So yeah, it yes. always like stressed me out. That was the one thing about yeah. go, doing plane travel or any sort of airport travel where I was like, I don't like this. This is the one part no, I would yeah. rather skip. <laughs> yes, that's true. I feel the same way about that, to be fair. It's, it's not it's not fun. Mm-mm. Uh, but it, the one thing I think that helps and is always a rule of thumb that I go by. And I, it, for someone who has never flown or someone who's never flown internationally rule of thumb Mm. is get to the airport two hours in advance if you're flying uh locally um and when i mean locally i mean like within country and if you're flying internationally get there three Mm -hmm. hours in advance you just want that extra buffer time depending on the airport that you're going to how many planes they have how busy it is the time of year it's Mm -hmm. just better to have all that extra time um like for our local airport our buffalo airport i could probably get there Mm -hmm. a half hour before a flight and be fine i wouldn't do that because it would stress me out too much (laughs) but like i probably could get to the airport (laughs) even an hour before the flight and i wouldn't be stressed about it because it's such a small airport but if i were going to jfk i would absolutely Mm -hmm. give myself two hours if i was flying domestically Right, yeah, so it's just because of the size of the place and everything like that. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It really is yeah. dependent on the size of the airport. It's just also good for yourself to have that extra time in case things change, in case like a gate changes or mm-hmm. you can't find a document and you have it packed but you don't know where it is or the lines for security yes. are really long. Whatever it may be, it's good to have that extra buffer time so that you're not panicking yourself and... Mm-hmm. Also, so that you, there, it's going to be stressful no matter what. There's a base layer of stress yeah. when you're doing a plane travel, but anything you can do to reduce that stress, I highly encourage it. So get there yeah. two to three hours early. It's better for your mental health. <laughs> yeah, especially considering you might be on that flight for quite a while because that can be quite tedious. So it's definitely good to be not to get on the plane stressed. Yes. Oh, no, for sure. Um, I think another tip that helps and something that I learned once I started traveling on my own uh, without my parents uh, was Mm -hmm. checking in early. Um, Now with a lot of planes and um, you have the ability to check in 24 hours before your plane, uh, your departure. Mm -hmm. 
I highly encourage doing that because then you don't have to worry about getting to the airport, checking in at the gate. You might not get a flight seat because unfortunately, plane travel has gotten to the point where they overbook flights and you don't Mm want to find yourself not having a seat on your plane. So um, I just find it easier for my peace of mind. And then also sometimes, depending on how early you check in, you can pick your seats and they're... Yeah, that's true. I'm a person who likes to be on the aisle um, because in case I need to go to the bathroom, I don't want to have to climb over somebody. Um, (laughs) But I like... I. I know people who they have to be at a window seat, which I totally understand. So yeah, just check in in advance, make your life easier. Yeah. It's funny with like airplane travel because it it is in principle, it's exactly the same thing as kind of catching a bus or a train. You've got to get all that planned out. But the thing is that there are more things to go through. So you, you, it's better to over plan it than sort of just go, I'll be all right. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you can't really do that because I mean it is a specific I mean I suppose you get that with train travel as well there is a specific train that you get but it's you know with a train you can be there 15 minutes early and it'd be fine whereas with an air, when you're going flying on a plane I mean you've got to get to the airport which is often the really frustrating bit is actually getting to the airport oh man yeah because that's got to be planned out well in advance and you know depending on the airport some of them have trains that go straight to them and some of them don't really have that which is odd it depends where you are but i mean you have to really really plan ahead it's it's more frustrating in that sense so the more planning and the more time that you give yourself the better and so over planning is probably a good idea and just double check everything triple check everything it's it is that much of a fact yeah um definitely triple check the amount of times where Mm. i have almost left my passport behind is kind of embarrassing. Ooh, so, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're traveling internationally, you need that shit. Like, you need to have your passport. Yeah. Be sure you've packed it. There was, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the comedy program, um, Absolutely Fabulous. Uh, I don't think so, no. It was around in the 90s, and one of the people who was one of the, ma- well, one of the writers, uh, I think maybe she, I don't know how many writers there were, but, um, uh, Jennifer Saunders, she was the fairy godmother in Shrek 2. Uh, Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Her. Yep. They had one where they're off to Marrakesh and they're leaving the house and they say, oh, we've got everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're out the door and they've taken their suitcases and everything like that. Ten seconds later, one of them comes running back in shouting, tickets, money, passports, (laughs) tickets, money, passports. (laughs) It's just like, yes, those are the things that you will forget because it's so, they're they're, they're the least kind of... um, you're only going to need them for one thing at a certain time. So particularly like the tickets and the passports, like you're not, you're not, unless somebody stops you where you are to check and see what you're up to. I mean, you're not really going to need to show your passport at any time, apart from when you're entering the country, you're going to and leaving. Mm-hmm. Those are the only times you're going to need it. And for most people, that's the only time they need their passport anyway. It's just, it, it, it's, I carry around my passport for ID because I get ID. So I'm always with the passport all the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is a bit worrying the idea that you might lose it because it is quite an important piece of ID and it does cost a bit to get a passport. Yeah, it's expensive. And actually one of the most valuable items on the black market is an American passport. Mm. Mm. Um, The only reason I know that is having done uh, some work for the American government, um, Mm. (laughs) it was always drilled into us, do not lose this passport. You cannot lose this passport. You will get Mm -hmm. in trouble if you lose it. So it was always like, 
iron grip on that piece of document. <laughs> it is a bit of a tangent, but unlike one of the things, because uh, one of our relatives works with the police force in Britain, and he says that basically it's a really, he thinks that having people, IDing people on so many different things, because they ID for alcohol, cigarettes, and all sorts of stuff. He says that probably it's a bad idea to get people to take ID with them, because if the thing is, if you're in like a bar or a pub or something like that, the likelihood of you losing that thing is quite high. And that's where people will pick up the passports and things like that, is in pubs and bars and stuff like that. Just nick them, because it's just like people, because the, the, the fines on top of people like, serving somebody who's underage are quite heavy so people insist on having the ID but the problem is, is that what happens then is that people are wandering around their ID they might not be sort of in the place where they're taking care of it so much and they lose it and then all of a sudden it becomes a thing for identity theft mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff it's a bit of a tangent but I mean they are important documents they are um, um, I think another thing that's good to know for anyone who hasn't done plane travel is it's an expensive experience no matter mm-hmm. how much you try not to make it the only thing i would say if you're trying to reduce costs is if you have a snack or you know you're going to get hungry while you're in the airport it is definitely a great idea pack yourself a little snack they're not going to make you throw it away mm-hmm. they'll make you throw away water bottles and like any containers yeah. that are over a certain size but if you're like okay i'm going to be in the airport for this amount of hours i know i'm going to get hungry at some point Food in an airport and drinks in an airport are very expensive. They're at least double the price of whatever you find on the market. So if you Mm -hmm. want to, you know, kind of avoid that cost, it's good to get something before you are at the airport. Um, Even if you run to like, I'm thinking in New York of like a bodega, but if, if you go to like a corner store or anything like that and they have snack food, you might as well grab it because then you're saving yourself mm. a little extra money that you could use once you're yeah. wherever you're going. Um, but it's always something I like to warn people if they've never done plane travel before is you will be surprised by how expensive yeah. everything in the airport is. Just be aware of that. <laughs> even, yeah, even thinking about the stuff, I suppose you get to hear about the duty-free stuff, so you kind of think, oh yeah, it'll all be duty-free. It's like, no, it won't be. It Mm-mm. won't be. Nope. <laughs> That's how they get you. The duty-free stuff is worth it. There are times where, like, if it's, Mm, especially if it's something that's hard for you to find in your home country, it is kind of nice Mm. to get duty-free stuff um, because then you're, you're essentially not paying taxes on it. And there's, like, other benefits to it as well. But um, unless you specifically need that item, skip it. It's, if you have everything you need, duty-free is good sometimes if you're getting, like, a more higher-end gift for someone mm. um because then you're reducing the cost of that a little bit yeah yeah but if you're not doing that then don't get excited and going there oh my god it's cheaper than i thought it would be yeah no it's not gonna be all that <laughs> um but i'm trying to think i always when i'm encouraging people and they're flying my favorites are to either do um early morning flights depending on where we're going Mm -hmm. because if I leave super early in the morning the likelihood of me arriving where I need to be at a normal time of the day so that I can do things is more likely especially if you're traveling domestically um that or red eyes I actually am quite the fan of a red eye because I weirdly Mm -hmm. never sleep on a plane so unless I do a red eye because it it's literally like it's four o'clock in the morning you have to sleep it's like, okay. Yes. And then you listen to your body and you're like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a funny one because I know some people like I do it as well. It's like you stay up all night before you actually get on the flight, and then I think it, it does make a difference. It does make things easier. But then the only problem is if you're if you're arriving at the airport tired, there is the potential you make mistakes. There is that downside to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on what where you want to be with things. It's like do, do I want to be tired so I can get on the plane and fall asleep, or do I want to be as awake and as alert as possible just because I'm not especially if you're not used to it, it might be a good idea just to, for the first few times, because I suppose it does become kind of a bit more automatic once you've done it a few times, because you're kind of like, right, this is the plan. Once you've got the plan sorted out, it's okay, just as long as you follow it. But, you know, in airports, they're busy. You need to keep an eye on your stuff. Mm-hmm. You need to know where your gate is, because you're not going to know that in advance, generally speaking. No, you're probably not, actually, um, until you get to the airport, depending on what's happening on the day. Um then also, if it's an airport you're not used to, you have to kind of find your way around it. That can be difficult. Mm-hmm. That can be exceedingly frustrating if you don't know where, where everything is. So you do have to kind of be aware of what you're doing. And then going through security can be a bit of a faff if you're tired as well. Yeah. There is that element of it. The the oh. one thing that I have found that I've that helps is if you are going on a trip and it includes another person or you have the opportunity to include another person, mm-hmm. one, you're getting to have an experience with someone else. But two, it means that you have another pair of eyes with you. So like, for example, I've traveled with my partner a couple of times and he's the type of person who will stay up the night before a flight. Like he, Mm -hmm. he just does. That's just how he is. It's very hard for him to sleep before a flight. So (laughs) I'll usually be the one who sleeps and I'm very alert, very ready. I have everything set to go. And so as soon as Mm -hmm. we are able to sit in the plane, he's basically like, ready to take a nap like he's out <laughs> as soon as he sits in the plane he's like i'm gone and i'm like okay bye i'll see you when we land <laughs> yeah it's, it's it is nice if you can sleep on a flight though to be fair because some of them can be quite long mm-hmm. um depending i mean uh, i think maybe the longest flights i've been on sort of like as a, as a continuous thing like 12 13 hours sometimes which is a long time i remember i think the longest flight i was ever on was when I was very little, so I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. amount of time, but I flew from Hawaii to South Korea. Um, okay. Because that was, I think, the first tour that my mom worked was when we lived in mm-hmm. South Korea. And so they had us fly from D.C. to Hawaii and then Hawaii to South Korea. Right. And okay, that's, that's I remember that being a really long flight. It was definitely mm-hmm. over. It felt like it was 13 if I remember correctly, it was 13, maybe 14 mm. hours. It was a very right. long flight. And I was yeah. seven or eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a great age <laughs> to be flying. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? I suppose that's one thing. Is that I suppose if, you, if you've grown up with the idea of flying on planes and stuff like that, it does become easier as you get older. Because I think the first, well, mm-hmm. the first flight I took, I think I was about a month old. So obviously I don't remember it. But I mean that's kind of the things that would happen is that because obviously being abroad my parents would come back quite regularly for all sorts of reasons um but um yeah I th- yeah the first flight i took was definitely not aware of it <laughs> or, or at least if i was aware of it i don't remember it i think even in my younger brothers as well we, we we had flights regularly to come back to the uk and then back to japan and stuff like that so they they're used to it as well Mm-hmm. I think once it, when you get to the point where you're an adult, I think it becomes a bit more. I don't know. I don't know if it is more difficult, but I suppose it, you know it's that thing of like when you're younger, the fact you learn things quickly, mm-hmm. so it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first flight I took, I was around 
five, I want to mm-hmm. say. And then, I mean, I've flown so often because of, you know, my mom's work and then coming back mm-hmm. to the States to visit family or we would go on like family vacations while we were overseas. So like we went to Bali, we went, I think I had a trip once to China for a couple of days. Like I remember traveling oh, wow. quite a bit by plane. So mm-hmm. doing like any sort of plane flight doesn't really scare me, especially the plane yeah. aspect of it. That really doesn't bother me all that much. It's more the like preparing for it. That's the thing yes. that's like I find to be stressful, like making sure you have everything you need, all your identification, making sure that once you get yeah. to security that you don't delay the line too much. Like there's all sorts of that yeah, more yeah, like yeah. it's more of the social pressure of going to an airport. Yes. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because you're you're used to it. You know what you need to do. It's everyone else mm-hmm. around you that you're like, do they know what they need to do? And do they yes. think I know what I need to do? It's it's <laughs> like that weird social pressure. It's very strange. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's funny because I mean, it, do you ever get the problem like when you're coming off the plane where when you've arrived, do you get nervous about going through the security at the other end? Yes. Absolutely. Every time, even if I'm flying domestically, when you're flying domestically, Mm. honestly, you're really not going through security. You're just stepping off and leaving. (laughs) You're really not doing much. But internationally, oh, that always Mm. stressed me out because there was an element of like, what if they won't let me in the country? What if they won't let me in? And it's (laughs) like, I flew all this way. I hope they'll let me in. And they will. They they already kind of did security with you when you first got on the airplane. But there is that that nervousness. Do, do you get that? Yeah. As I've got older, a bit more because the thing is, because of what I look like, I get stopped going into Japan. <laughs> I did last time. It was the weirdest thing. They like, stopped the, 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 you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of thought it's obviously going to stop me. I mean, look at me. It's like they, they literally had this thing of like this, these like sets of like a grid with photographs of drugs on them. It's like, do you have any of those? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you if I did, but no, I don't. <laughs> and it was just like the you know, search a suitcase and all sorts. And apparently it happens to my mum quite a bit. But then like because um, she she's half Indian, so she looks darker skinned. I think there is an element of it. Of mm-hmm. but, I mean, I suppose she, she, there are certain countries that they worry about more. So I think if you're coming from Thailand, because apparently a lot of the drugs moving into Japan come through Thailand. Mm. They, they stop people moving who've stopped off in Thailand. And coming through, they'll often do that. I've heard, I think it's Thailand. Certainly in areas of Southeast Asia, they'll do that. So I, it, it, I suppose it might have something to do with the country that you're coming from as well that they worry about. Hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose some people kind of have assumptions locked in their head and they kind of go, he looks like a Rogan. Um, <laughs> that, that has actually, that it's, another, it's a bit of a tangent again, but it, was like, it happened to me in the station once. It was... Oh, this is a kind of example of like how people sometimes have prejudices that they kind of run with. Um, I got stopped in a station because somebody thought that I got on a train without a ticket. Because in the York station, what you can do is you can pass through the station, go over the overpass, and then through back out the other side. And I was trying to get, rather than going all the way around the station, you can go through it and over the top. So that's what I was doing. And I got stopped, and this guy said, oh, you, you, have you been on a train without a ticket? I'm like, no, I'm just passing through. I said, well, didn't you notice the security? He was like, well, they didn't stop me, so I just kept going. And <laughs> like... And they like it was a long, long thing. I suppose this is why I'm a little bit sort of odd with authority figures now, because I kind of think, oh, they might actually come after me. But like, they couldn't find anything. And the thing is, I managed to get the police on my side, and everything it was great. I said, ask your officers out the front whether I passed through the station. They said, yeah, I saw him before. You know, he's kind of obvious, isn't he? And this guy was like, 
really insistent. He was like some sort of station guard or something like that. And he was like really insistent. He's like, well, you look a bit weird. And I'm kind of going, that's like, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> you make the, it's like, and you kind of think you're probably the kind of person that stops anybody you don't like the look of. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, probably a bit prejudiced. We'll put it that way. Yeah. But it is a prejudice that. And, but yeah. And, you know, you just kind of get worried about it. So you, so you might be a bit more. Maybe that, that kind of made me a bit more nervous. I think you get more nervous about it as you get older. But to be fair, how many children are you going to stop in an airport? To be fair. Yeah, not, not really. <laughs> not really yeah. stopping the kids. It's more the adults you're looking after. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. If you want to get through an airport, take a child with you. <laughs> Preferably your own. Marcus. <laughs> oh, my god! No, if you're a parent, it's easier, isn't it? Oh man, I Sorry I'm trying to think that. of like one of the weirdest uh, plane like trips I've taken. I think one that was kind of strange is that so I have dual citizenship. I have American and French mm. citizenship, and I vividly remember uh, my senior year of high school. My friend and I wanted to go to Japan for our like senior mm. week because we had like a week off in between finals and graduation and prom. Uh, where right. you, we could just do whatever. And almost everyone in my class decided to go to Greece. And my friend mm. and I were like, well, we don't really want to go there. We want to go to Japan. Um, so we left. Mm. And to get there, you had to stop in China. And right. I vividly remember being told, bring both your French and American passport. And when you leave mm-hmm. France, use this passport. When you're in China, use your French passport. I was like, okay, right. interesting. And it was like drilled into me. They were like, use your French passport. Do not take out your American passport. Do not speak in mm-hmm. English when you're in security. Use your French passport. And my friend is Canadian. So she had a Canadian passport. Right. And I remember like we did all that. N- no problems, no issues. Although I do remember one point getting like a weird look and then mm-hmm. letting us go. And we came back to France and I was like, why, why were you so insistent that I need to use my French passport? I was like, well, if you had an American passport, they could have stopped you. You're more likely to get stopped in China with an American passport than with a French one. I was like, that's really weird. Mm. And they were like, just trust me on this. It's better for you. (laughs) And I, to be honest, didn't get stopped while I was there with my French passport. But that was one of those like weird instances where the fear of getting caught quote unquote was very strong. And it was like, I, I have both nationalities, so it wouldn't matter, but there is an element of fear Mm. that because you're, you're crossing borders. It automatically puts you in a, a sense of, I need to be careful of myself and also the people around me because I'm in an unknown territory, no matter where you're going, Mm. you're going somewhere unknown. So it puts you a little bit at unease. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You hear stories like that about Japanese people flying through China as well. If they stop off and things like that, because you you know, they might be needed to change flights and you have this, I don't know how true it is, but I mean, apparently what the Chinese like to do is lose your luggage if you're coming from Japan or like they'll find a way of making sure that your luggage doesn't get to the plane on time or something like that. So it has to be sent on a few days later. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard that people do this. But then the Japanese and the Chinese have been having political problems for a long time. You just kind of think, yeah, the Chinese government probably would sort of like work out ways of doing things. I mean, I don't know. They're a bit funny. It's... 
I don't know how true it is, but I've heard sto- heard rumors. But I mean, you know, the rumors are rumors. But yeah, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that somebody somewhere would be encouraging airport staff to use their um, authority to cause trouble for people from specific countries. I think. Oh yeah, I for can see sure. Why the Chinese? Yeah, why the Chinese government would be interested in annoying people from the states. <laughs> I could see why they would do it. I think it's it's always interesting to see how we don't really pay attention. Like in everyday life, we don't really pay attention to countries that we're having issues with or like mm. who our government has beef with until you yeah. travel internationally. And then you pay attention and then you're like, oh, I have to be aware that as a person from this specific country, I need to carry myself in a certain way. Because mm. there's tension between this government and this government. And it's it's just yes. so fascinating because it's not something you think of really on a daily basis unless that's no. the field that you work in. And then when you start traveling internationally, then you really pay attention to that stuff. And you're like, okay, I have to be careful. I have yeah. to pay attention. Yeah. And it can happen in the strangest of places. Even the idea of just changing planes from one one. A con- well, in in a country, mm-hmm. you never know. They might they might be a little bit funny about you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and it, and it will be political. It won't be personal. But I mean, that's the thing is, it feels personal at the time. But I mean, it, it will be a political thing. Yes, um, absolutely. For whatever reason, it and it can be strange. It can crop up in the strangest of places that somebody goes, "Oh, I'm gonna have a go at this person <laughs> for whatever reason." <laughs> yeah. It, no. Just. Keeping your head down, doing what you need to do. That's the best advice. Mm. The only other thing I would also suggest is for airports, just to make your life easier, if you don't need a big suitcase, if you don't need a lot of clothes, just pack yourself a backpack. Just have something where you could, even a duffel bag, like something where you can carry Mm. it very easily. You can stow it away. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. oh, that's something I almost forgot. This will fall more under packing and like what it's like being on an actual plane travel. But mm-hmm. I always recommend looking up what the appropriate luggage sizes are because they change that stuff yes. all the time with yes. flights. Um, and internationally, they may be different than domestic. Always yeah. check what the allotted luggage size is so that if you insist yeah. on having your luggage with you on the plane, you are allowed to do so. Because if they find it to be the wrong size, they will make you stow it. And in the States, yeah, you was, will pay extra. <laughs> yeah. I, th- 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 there are also sort of flights in the UK that let the small companies, you can get cheap flights. They like, you might have to pay 24 quid for the flight, but there are a few extra things that you have to pay for on the way. Um, and I, I don't remember the name of the company. It's probably a good thing that I don't. And I don't remember the name of the person or the band that this was involved with, but there was it was a boy band. This was about five years ago, I think. And they were on a flight. I think it was a very short flight, but it might have been an hour or two. And they got to the airport and he realized that his suitcase was overweight or something like that and didn't want to pay the extra money for it for whatever reason. So what he did was is he took out huge amounts of clothes and some of these were like serious sort of like heavy duty winter clothing. And he decided to wear them onto the aircraft. <laughs> and what happened was they got they got to their desk I have no idea if this is true and I hope it is because it is so funny but they got to their destination and he was rushed to hospital with serious overheating and dehydration with heat stress because he just worn all this stuff on the plane for hours oh my gosh I have no idea if it's true but I really hope it is it was on the BBC I think he just kind of going oh my god (laughs) 
like it, it nearly it, it got him into serious trouble and it's just like that is like one of the best airport stories i hope it's true oh it's my just gosh. like so yeah it's a good idea to check what you can do and what you can't do because you never know you might you know you might want to take something back from where you've been or something like that it's a good idea just to check but yeah that that is um uh, apparently that's true i don't know if it is but it's um it was what i couldn't i couldn't believe it i just thought this is i can't believe it. this is brilliant it's just because especially if you're used to airport travel you just kind of think just pay the extra you can't sit on a plane in your full kit for two and a half hours like what it got me is, is he didn't take any of it off yeah once you're on the like, plane nobody... you could stow some of it in the overhead or underneath your seat you don't have to wear it the whole time but I guess he was like so dedicated to the process that he was like, nope, I'm wearing it the whole flight. I'm sure the rest of his band was like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot to do this. Or they were just encouraging him as a prank. <laughs> they were like, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. God, I hope it's true. <laughs> One thing that I am excited for once COVID starts, um, you know, once vaccines are more readily available and... Yeah. Yeah. Once flying on a plane doesn't give me total, like just the thought of flying on a plane gives me anxiety. Uh, once it feels more <laughs> safe to do so, I am very excited to start traveling again because having yeah. spent many, many months in the same apartment, never really going mm -hmm. more than an hour away from my home, I am very excited to start traveling again because I, I have so many yeah. friends that live far away from me and I miss them and then I really want to do that. I want to travel again, like yeah. taking advantage of seeing and being near people that I haven't been able to see for however long. Yes, yes. I mean, it, for me, definitely. It's, I, it's been a year since I've seen my parents. Mm -hmm. face to face i mean obviously we've got like facetime and things like that but um yeah they're probably not going to be coming to britain because they usually come to britain in the summer but they probably won't be coming this summer i mean it's just not worth it so that could mean it might it might be two full years before i actually get to see them again so that's quite heavy going i mean i mean everything is like with the situation is, is that you just i haven't a lot of friends i haven't seen for several months i think a couple of them i haven't seen for at least six months i haven't seen yeah, my youngest brother, I've seen him recently, but this is difficult. I mean, because obviously, like, travel generally, you just can't go anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the, the only times I've really traveled in the past year have been to do with work. No, those are the only times I've traveled. To do <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like those so, were the only times you traveled. It was work related because yeah. I remember you telling um, me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's just even getting on trains becomes a bit worrying and that sort of stuff now because there are just people who just don't follow rules and don't take things seriously. I mean, it's, this is another tangent, but I was talking about also another thing about sort of like being in the East and things like that is that in, when I last flew, which is in February, so a year ago, the Japanese were taking COVID seriously. They were taking your temperature as you went through. Staff were wearing masks. Um, even when I was leaving Britain, there were people saying, have you been to these places in the past few months and so on and so forth? Like, you know, have you come back from China or something like that? People were asking those questions. So at the airports, you noticed it. And mm -hmm. then maybe is why when it sort of started kicking off here, kicking off, but when it started to get serious here, I was kind of going, yeah, it's, it's going to, you know, the lockdown is going to happen. It's serious. I mean, if, if the Japanese were taking it as seriously as they were at the time, you kind of think there they are it's it's more obvious that they're more worried about this than they have been about anything for a very long time mm -hmm. like I, I, this is a yeah as i say a tangent but i mean the only reason is it just reminds me that you know with the covid thing the thing that kind of made it hit home a bit is when you're kind of going 
People are wearing masks on planes. People are wearing all the staff at the airports are wearing masks and gloves. People are asking you where you've been. They're taking people's temperatures, that sort of thing. Weirdly, the international travel kind of, I think, in that moment kind of tells you that your things are not the same. I mean, the aircraft, I mean, at the time, I suppose it would make sense the aircraft was pretty empty. But then again, at the same time, maybe fear of COVID was partly causing that. Yeah. You know? There, there probably was an element of that. Um, mm. So for many people, this advice will probably be more long term. <laughs> it won't mm -hmm. be immediate. But um, yeah, if you have any questions about plane travel, we will be discussing it on another episode. Uh, we'll be focusing mm -hmm. more on like packing and the actual like being on a plane, what that's like, yeah. <laughs> how to prepare for it, because you'll be bored for a couple hours. We'll just be honest mm. with that. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you prepare, you're going to be very bored. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that another time, which will be very fun. Um, if you have, like I said, questions or you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter. It's uh, Passport N-E-C-E-S-S-1. Um, you can also uh, leave a comment or uh, review that really, really uh, makes a different for, uh, difference for us. We can be found wherever fine podcasts are uh Mm -hmm. uploaded <laughs> um so yeah until next time we'll see you then bye right. see you bye